Chani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Uh oh, we can't nope. hear you. Yeah, we can't hear you. Hi guys, how's it going? Much better. We're good. How are you? Very good. Good to see you both again. You as good well. To see you too. Thanks for doing this again. Yeah. Me. I was like, I'm always going to meet people at Molly's. Come on now. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. Let's just jump right in. So how's it going? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm exhausted. Uh, It's been a uh, very long uh, start to the season. Uh, There's been a lot going on, uh, but I'm doing really, really well. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know what? We're going to have to figure out a way to cut that out. Uh, (laughs) See if I can kind of uh, cut out all these noises. Okay. Sorry. All good. All good. All good. Yeah. So um, we're good. Thank you for asking. We're good. We're we're ready for the premieres. We're excited. It's it's kind of TV Christmas week. So uh, yeah. We're not going to TV right now. I it's like I agree with you. There is. I mean, they really are rolling out the fall season like with a bang, man. Like it's like everything is coming out right now, and it's. Uh, for me, uh, as a TV junkie, it's like, you're right. It's like Christmas. So I'm with you. I'm there with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so let's talk the premiere. My goodness. Okay. So when did you find out that squad three was going to survive? Well, I found out squad three was going to survive probably in early July uh, when they, when we got, when we got the first script, you know, like, it's like, you don't, no one tells you what's going to happen in, in between seasons. Like the writers, they, you know, a lot of me thinks the writers go, okay, let's put them way up a tree with no way out. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do after the break. Like, so it's like, I, yeah, so I don't think they sometimes even know exactly what's going to happen, but thankfully uh, we all kind of made it out of there um, alive, but definitely with some leftover issues. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your reaction like when you read that first part of the premiere script? Because there's a lot going on in that first part. Uh, I mean, you know, great. Okay, first of all, I will say that the finale, right, we were training uh, for all that scuba stuff for a a good part of the end of the last season. Um, And I, when I first heard about it, was not excited at all. Like, I, I was like, I've never scuba before. This feels really frightening. I don't do well in open waters. I, I, I have a lot of respect for them and I don't really want to, uh, you know. And so then after we got to do the scuba training and we got into that tank uh, for the first time, boy, oh boy, did I want to do it again. Like it was like, man, that was so much fun. I can't wait to get in there again. So I was excited to come back to do whatever it was, you know, like it's like after 10 seasons of doing the show, you think, I pretty much know what I'm getting into, you know, like it's like now doing a fire sequence on our burn stage for us is like 
I have Tuesday, you know, it's like, it's like nothing. Um, but this was a thing altogether different. Uh, and it was, uh, it required a lot of safety protocol and, you know, you got to really be on because you, you, you can only be in these spaces for so long and, uh, you have to be, you have to maintain so much safety. Uh, but it was just such a different thing. It was such a different world to explore. Um, and, uh, ultimately, really frightening when I got the script at the beginning of the season, um, because even as you read through the script, like it's like, oh, this could be very, very bad for Cruz. Like, I mean, it's like wherever this is going, uh, you know, this, uh, what, I had to wait until one of the writers came to be like, so what are we talking about here, man? Like, how big is this problem? Because, I, you know, like I, I could see this being kind of terminal. Uh, and well, thankfully uh, for now, it's not. That's good. That's good. I think the question we both had after the premiere, we were like, did Joe make Derek mad? Like, what? I asked the same question. No, I, it's like the first, the first uh, um, episode was, I mean, we didn't even finish it up until about three weeks ago. I think they, there was just so many moving pieces and there were so many kind of issues kind of getting us out of the gate um, this year. Like, I can't tell you how many times it would be like we'd be starting to roll and then there would be like lightning warning, take a half hour break. Like that, I feel like that happened like six times, like just in the first episode. Uh, so it's been such a crawl, but um, it, you know, I feel like it's so funny every year what Derek is capable of. Obviously I didn't fix that Bing. Uh, it's so uh, clear, you never, I'm always surprised but with what Derek and Andrea and Michael, what they are able to come up with uh, blows my mind. Um, and I just, um, I, I don't know how you have the capacity to write one episode, uh, let alone, you know, we're going coming in, you know, October 20th is our 200th episode. Uh, so it's like, I, I, I just, I get in, I say the words, hopefully I don't screw them up too bad. Uh, and they let me keep doing it. That's one of the way I'm, I'm, I ride this boat right now. Um, you were talking a lot about the filming underwater and how that worked and stuff. So you were saying you started training like way before you guys even started shooting. Like, what was that process like of filming all of that underwater stuff? Because that's something we talked about a lot. We're like, oh my God, that's so cool. I wonder how they did it. Yeah, so basic first, you know, uh, uh, Taylor uh, has actually had scuba training. Like he's experienced because of stuff he did earlier on in the season. So he was like certified in scuba stuff. And then Tony, clearly the real firefighter, real rescue squad hero, you know, coolest man I know. Um, truly the Batman Taylor's Robin. Uh, he, um, he clearly is an expert. So me and Randy were the only two fools that didn't know what we were doing. So they were like, okay, we're gonna send you off to a pool. So basically we went through scuba certification, right? So we like went, got in this giant pool. They made us do all of these uh, tests and kind of run through what it is to actually know how to scuba. Um, I think we did about three or four sessions like that. Um, and then we came into this giant pool that they built in, was it in our burn state? Well, it was on, it was in Cinespace, right? So it's like mm -hmm. basically this huge pool and they made this enormous boat that they could lower and raise inside of this giant pool. And there was like 30 of us in there because, you know, yeah, it's only five people on screen, but then there's also the camera guys and there's, uh, there's all of the safety guys and the stunt guys and the doubles. And they're all there, like right on top of us, making sure that we're safe. Um, but you know, one of the great 
things about this was we brought in um, a a uh, experienced camera operator with underwater work um, whose name is Paul. Paul. Oh man, I'm gonna, this is, I'm so bad. I'm forgetting his last name, um, but he's done like Jaws and like uh, the abyss and, you know, like some of the most classic underwater sequences that you've ever imagined. Um, and so working with that guy was unbelievable. Like, and like, I mean, like he started off doing like, uh, um, uh, animation with uh stop stop motion animation for like star wars or something like the guy has the best career ever uh but it was i mean it was unlike anything else it was on it was you know you you really kind of put yourself in a really scary situation it was sort of like i imagine it was very like very much so like filming a, a horror movie or a suspense film which i've never done but it's like you let yourself kind of go there and it's like it was, it's pretty scary, uh, but so much fun. My God, so much fun. Very cool. That's so very cool. So there's a couple moments in the premiere that we see Cruz kind of struggling with his mask and it looks like it's some sort of PTSD from the boat incident. So do you think that's something we're going to continue with throughout the season? 100%, yes. Uh, you know, when you were talking about whether or not Derek is mad at me. Uh, <laughs> uh, ultimately, yeah, no, um, th there's definitely some uh, leftover psychological trauma that has occurred because of this incident um, that it's that is going to make Cruz less than capable of doing his job. Um, and it's going to manifest in quite a few ways. Uh, and it is also going to uh, sort of change how Cruz reacts or um, it, what he is and isn't saying to certain people, you know, let's not forget that Chloe, he almost lost Chloe because of the, because she wouldn't be able to know if she could deal with the idea of having to a, a firefighter, you know, whether knowing whether or not her husband was going to come home after a shift. Right. So that's something that weighs heavy on Cruz's mind, I think always. Uh, and so, you know, does he, or does he not decide to share with her, you know, exactly what's going on with him because of, uh, you know, the potential uh, that it could in some ways affect her. You know, she's a she's on the verge of having a child. So it's like, who knows what kind of complications could come from that. So, yeah, I think, you know, you're going to find a very kind of, oh my God. No, no, literally yesterday in the middle of a take, huge moment for uh, Eamon Walker, my ring like doorbell went off in my pocket and I was in <laughs> so embarrassed. And it's like, I thought that I just did it again, but thankfully it was you. It was no, you. And, it was me. And it's so funny because the last time, well, maybe not the last time, but the time before that, I don't know if you remember, you got an Uber Eats call in the middle of our chat. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Uh -huh. Yeah, we, we laugh at that. It's still to this day. I, I do remember that. Oh, my God. That made me cry. That's, oh, that's hilarious. Um, so I'm curious, though, how much do you think Cruz has been thinking about Otis during all of this and, like, obviously what happened to him? Because, obviously, there's that moment in the premiere where Cruz touches the memorial, you know, like, on his first day back. So, like, how much is Otis weighing in on his mind? Uh, there will never be a day, I think, that Cruz doesn't think about Otis. Um, I, you know, there is not only do you look at your own mortality when someone that close to you passes away in such a devastating way, especially as in the fire service, um, but 
he was his best friend. I mean, it's like there was not, you know, it was, I think that you will you will see very early on in the season just how much Otis will play an impact uh, in the rest of Cruz's life. That's all I'll say. Yeah. So um, you mentioned Chloe earlier. I mean, she's about to give birth any day now. What kind of dad do you think Cruz is going to be? Uh, a fumbling one, probably. Uh, I, you know, I mean, if, if, I mean, if I had my way, you know, as many mishaps as possible, um, because that I think makes for good TV. Uh, but, um, I do think he'll be insanely over-dedicated, like, you know, I mean, possibly to a fault. Like, I, I think he's going to, like, uh, I think he's going to want to try and be so there, you know, and just so present and available um, and because he didn't get that in his life. Uh, so I can't imagine that he's not going to try and just be the best father he could be. Like, I'm, I'm really, I, I do think we will get like quintessential dad out of Cruz. Um, but who knows? You know, I, I still, again, Derek hates me. So. <laughs> um, you may already know the answer to this by now, but we have to ask any predictions for the baby's name? Um, I, I don't know, uh, yet is what I can, okay. um, like, it's like, I have, uh, I have some ideas. There's been some stuff tossed around, uh, but I don't have a full enough picture to be able to give you that. I, I mean, Brian is the most obvious choice, right? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, there's, you know, Le there's, there's the potential of Leon, you know, that's his brother who has, you haven't seen around, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know for sure one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so not only does Chicago Fire turn 10 this year, which is mind blowing. How is it? How has it been 10 years? <laughs> but you also hit your 200th episode that you were mentioning earlier before. So you've been around since the very, very beginning. What does being part of the show mean to you? I mean, it's it is the biggest thing that has ever happened to me, uh, both as a professional and in my personal life. Um, you guys know I met my wife on this show. Um, I recently just purchased the house of my dreams uh, because of this show. Um, I, you know, I, it, it, I've met some of the most incredible human beings that I will ever work with in my entire life. You know, um, I was just talking to Tony about this uh, because uh, he is um, clearly never his he's also his first big role uh though even though you know all he did was be, be a firefighter for 20 years to get it i had to toil and trouble through being uh, through going through auditions and acting in plays and all this stuff just to be able to play a firefighter so you know he, he got the easy route uh but um we were talking about how everyone that comes on this show and like everyone that has been with us as long as they've been with us you know we always it's we it's never changed for us it's like this is th this one there will never be another set like this like we are uh and i say that specifically about fire like it's like i think things live differently in pd and med but there is an energy amongst the cast and the crew that is unlike anything you can experience i think on most shows uh and um, that has permeated for 10 seasons. It continues to be that kind of energy. It's so easy. It's so fun. Uh, it's like, it really is such a joy to be at work. Um, and I mean, 
we like it's like a we're in the middle of a enormous like franchise of three different shows with like I mean have you seen the recent poster? I'm pretty sure there's nine thousand leads like <laughs> in the one Chicago family, and like it's it's unbelievable that Chicago Fire brought life to all of that. You know what I mean? Like it's like if not for the success of our show, I don't think that you'd see. The, you know, PD and Med be where it is and kudos to them 100%. I'm not taking anything away from their work. They owe, you know, their credit do where it is, where it belongs. But I mean, it's life-changing. It, it, it literally changed my life uh, and the trajectory of my life. Um, I, you know, I, I we, my, my wife and I really recently made a conscious choice to stay in Illinois for the long term. Uh, and that is a reflection of this show, you know, like it's like, it's, I will never, it'll be the greatest thing that I ever had the opportunity to do. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so you were talking before about how you're a TV junkie, just like us. And even though this is a one Chicago podcast, like we find ourselves often making Marvel references and we saw you tweeting about what if last week. And so we just want to know like what you think about, we just, we had, we were like, oh my God, we have to talk to Joe about what if. I think, you know, um, outside of Chicago Fire, clearly uh, the best thing on television right now. Like it is so fascinating what they are capable of doing, the, um, the amount of worlds that they are able to explore and what they've done, right? Like it's like, you think in saying, man, you can do anything. They, you could easily screw that up. Uh, and they've, every episode has been such a pleasant surprise like it's like you don't imagine it being like the star lord episode which i thought was going to be one of the weaker ones like i was like mm, i don't know fantastic it was yeah. so good uh and it's just I, I can't i can't say enough like it's like i do hope at some point in my life i try to manifest you know miranda mayo which is all about manifestation uh i i would if i can work with uh, Disney or Marvel in any way that would be huge but like right now I'm so thrilled to be here uh I'll, <laughs> I'll do 400 500 like it's like you know like I said like it's like I'm here they're gonna have to drag me out kicking and screaming uh before I let go of this character um so but yes what if is my god so good and just in general like to just to lend a voice to something like that would be phenomenal yeah yeah sure. have you seen Shang-Chi yet Oh my God, yesterday, are you in my house? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're big MCU fans. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, literally just yesterday, I finally had a chance to go catch it. Loved it. Uh, so beautiful. I, I love that they're working. Um, I love that it, it feels like Marvel has really understands how the I think the community at large is hungry for more cultural relevancy and, uh, and, and, um, and highlighting kind of other other cultural language and I think that my god it did it so beautifully um so yes definitely go see it I'll probably go again I know for a fact Daniel Kyrie's already been there twice uh like so uh it, it, we it's what we do I mean we, we geek out on set about Marvel movies all the time um it is definitely the kind of stuff we love to see Oh, Brian, you know what we should ask? Because we agree on pretty much everything except for this one thing. Civil War, Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Shit. <laughs> I want to answer that question well. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, 
I think the mark of any great film uh, is when the argument posed uh, makes you go, man, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think that's why Thanos is such a phenomenal villain. Because if you sit back and look at it a little bit on, on in some crazy way, as they explore in What If, it, the idea is not altogether ridiculous, right? Like it's like, we th these problems do exist. This is technically a solution. Civil War is also, I think, very much so like that. I, I, you know, I think we find ourselves in a place where it's, it's like talking about, you know, sort of freedom versus complacency or freedom versus acceptance of a larger power kind of taking over your freedoms. Um, so it's a, it's very political. This is like, again, Marvel, I think they reach next level, next level stuff. Um, but okay. The cruise in me wants to say cap, but for some reason I feel like I might be more of an Iron Man in real life. Victory for me. <laughs> I'm too Iron Man. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you were talking about, though, this is kind of our last question. We'll just finish things up. You were talking about, um, obviously, how Marvel feels like they've kind of, you know, they understand that their viewers are hungry for, you know, representation and all that stuff. And we actually got a question from a listener regarding um, Latinx representation on television. And I guess there was some kind of tweet from a Latinx director stating that only about 5% of characters are TV or Latinx. And so this listener wanted to know, like, what can we as viewers do to change that, like, in your opinion? Man, amazing question. Yeah, I know that statistic. It's actually 5% in front of the camera, 4% behind the camera. Uh, no, excuse me, 2% behind the camera and something like, and 0% at the executive level. Uh, and I think that's our first problem, um, is that we don't have representation in the rooms at the tables uh, that actually are the decision makers. Um, so I think first and foremost, as a Latinx community, we have to figure out ways to get executive producers in those rooms, right? We have to get people who are who who understand what it is to be Latinx or what it is to be brown in this life in this uh, country um, into those rooms, fighting for the potential for those stories to be told. Um, and I think that that will go a long way in kind of helping us manifest more of uh, visibility for ourselves, you know. And I think there's so many great, great artists right now that are doing the work. I mean, John Leguizamo was kind of really, I think, at the forefront of kind of helping people understand, you know, not how important it is to have uh, more representation. Um, clearly, the work that I've been trying to do here at Massive Epiphany Studios in Chicago has definitely been focused on visibility, inclusivity, and equity for, I mean, people of all uh, colors and creeds, but um, clearly as a Latinx man myself, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to try and empower as many um, Latin people to kind of come forward, share your story, you know, and I think it, it takes people like me, you know, people, and I don't, I don't have many means, uh, but I have some and it, you know, not being afraid to kind of use those means to help bring other people up, uh, I think is hugely important. Um, but also, I will say this to my Latin brothers and sisters, um, if you're Puerto Rican, don't be afraid to explore a Mexican storyline. Uh, if you're Colombian, don't be afraid to celebrate a Puerto Rican storyline. You know, like, I, I think sometimes we can get a little bit caught in our tribalism uh, and that doesn't help the cause. So um, support where you can, any and all Latinx and brown and Asian and Native American and uh, disabled and um, queer, uh, you know, like, 
do what you can to support the things that you're not seeing, because the more you do, the more those things will get seen. That's great. Yeah. Great note to great note to close on. So yeah. um, that's about all we've got. Joe, it's always fun having you on the podcast. Thank you for coming back. Yeah. Thank you so very much. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing what you think of the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe next time you're on season three of the boys will be out. So we can talk about that too. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I, I, think I love all this comic book stuff. So yes, absolutely. Let's do it. What, what are you watching on TV right now? I will definitely what if I actually just like blew through all of the Clone Wars uh, and like all of the animated uh, Star Wars stuff, which is I understand why it's as popular as it is now that I've seen it all, because they really delve into some kind of darker material that you wouldn't anticipate from animation. Yeah. Uh, also, it like so respectful of the canon and so respectful of the fans of all ages. It really kind of brings you in. Um God, I'm watching everything. I mean, who's not? I I would say who's not watching Ted Lasso. I like. I mean, so good, so good. I've never been so charmed by a show. Like it's like how did I actually get pissed off? Like the first time we watched it, it was like M M Murphy's mom, uh, my wife's mom, was just like, "You got to watch the best show on Ted." But and it was like, "All right, all right." We never got to it. And then finally, like one night at like eleven o'clock, we're like, "Fine, let's just watch the first episode." And we were up till four in the morning because we couldn't stop watching. Like it's, I just kept wanting more, and and I think it's so important right now um, with uh, what what that show represents about positive masculinity. Uh, I think is um, phenomenal, and I, I, I you know, so I, I strive to kind of be that way as crews on the show, uh, and I, I think that that's that is so vital, and you can tell that the world is hungry for it, right? Because it's kind of hit the zeitgeist and everybody loves it. Um, and so it's like, I'm really happy to just see that we're exploring what it is to just be brothers in arms uh, who can express love and aren't afraid to kind of be human and vulnerable. Good stuff. I love that, Joe. It's fun. All right. So Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. And if we have to finish, we will. Uh, <laughs> uh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, Enjoy season 10.